0: I not turn okay there we go morning everyone i'm going to open us in a word of prayer and then we'll get right into the message this morning heavenly father we're so thankful for this day we're thankful for each person that's here we're thankful that we can lift your name in praises we're thankful lord uh for the faithful servants you blessed us with not only to lead worship but also to uh to help out with the children, the nursery, and uh, the upcoming VBS, and we're just so thankful, Lord, that uh, we're part of a church that uh, people serve and um, and, and build uh, for your kingdom's sake, so we're thankful for that. We pray this morning, as we open your word, we pray, Lord, that um, we're inspired by it, we're encouraged by it, and we're convicted by it. So I pray, Lord, that you would just open each of our hearts and our minds so that we can uh, see Uh, The better way you have for us in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen So we're in week three of our series a better way and we're taking negative traits and finding the better way from Scripture So today's negative trait is being critical right being critical Expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments, so maybe you have someone in your life that is very critical they have an opinion on just about everything you do. What you eat, what you wear, where you go, how you spend your money, who you spend your time with, who you spend your, what you spend your time doing, um, what career you choose, where you go to school. The list right, can go on and on. No matter what, that person has a critical opinion. And guess what? They're not shy about sharing it. You know anybody like that? Maybe that person is you. Maybe you are that person. Or maybe you are becoming that person because all your life you've been criticized by someone else. So the first thing I want to do is I want to clean something up. I want to tell you what criticism is not. Criticism is not helping someone in their struggle with sin. Criticism ends when it comes to right and wrong. For example, if someone is committing a sin... If you maybe are committing a sin and someone pulls you aside and confronts you and says, hey, there's a better way. You shouldn't be doing that. This is what God's word says. This is what God's word tells us. You need to be obedient to God's word. They are not being critical. They are actually being obedient to Christian accountability and spiritually helpful to you. Okay, so here's what the scriptures teach about that. It says in Galatians 6, one, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted too. So again, being critical is expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments. It's not helping someone in their struggle with sin. Don't get confused. Don't get defensive when a well-meaning believer in your life wants to help save you from going down the wrong way. Now, too many times, though, we're critical of people around us, and they're not doing the wrong thing when it comes to God's standard. They're doing something that we think or we know, we think we know better, or sometimes We might even be critical of them because we're jealous or envious of what they are doing or what they accomplish. So we criticize them. So we criticize them. Maybe to their face or maybe behind their backs. And more than likely, we're being critical in our hearts. And Jesus talks so much to our hearts, the condition of our heart. So if you fall into the trap of being critical, I want you to know there's damage that you do when you criticize other people. There's damage that you do when you criticize other people. So let's look at the first. When we criticize others, we're doing damage to ourselves. And the first is, we open ourselves up to criticism and judgment from others. This is a very famous passage. People use it all the time. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Now, when Jesus said this when jesus said this he was not talking about how we'll all stand before him in judgment that's not what he was talking about here okay remember the gospel we all will stand before jesus in judgment right so remember the gospel if you are a believer in jesus christ that means if you believe that jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins jesus rose from the grave to prove that he's god and the scriptures say all who believe will have eternal life So when you pass from this earth, when you die, okay, you will stand before your judge Jesus. And basically, if you are a believer in Jesus, he basically tells you, I paid for your sins. I paid for your sins, okay? I am not going to judge you. I paid for your sins. The unbeliever, though, the person who has not accepted Jesus as their Savior, they are actually judged for the things that they have done on this earth, for the sin they committed. Because they rejected the free gift of salvation. Okay, so let's clean that up. But in this passage, Jesus is teaching practically on this earth. He's teaching practically on this earth. When you judge other people, you're opening yourself up for judgment from them and maybe others. For example, let's say you go out and buy yourself a new car. You ever get a new car? It's a great feeling, isn't it? Okay, you go out and buy yourself a new car. But this time, okay, maybe you're a little on in age, and you've had a couple of cars, and you've had a couple of pre-owned, they don't call them used, right? (laughs) Pre-owned, certified cars. You're like, I'm just going right for the new car. And when you get there, you drive a couple of cars, and some of them have like the cloth interior. And you're like, you know what? For once in my life, I want to buy the one with leather interior. And you know what, this one does all these cool things and it has an information system. You've been there, right? Okay, and then maybe you went home. But let's just say you bought yourself this nice new car. Someone in your life offers some criticism, right? You could have gotten this or that car. You could have saved this or that much money. You could have used the extra money for this or that. Do you have anybody in your life like that? They're like, you, that wasn't the best purchase that you could have possibly made. I can tell you what the best purchase you can make is. Okay? You're judged by them, right? You feel judged and criticized by that person. Now, you have your eye on them, right? You're waiting to see what their purchases are going to be like, aren't you? Okay, So you're waiting to see what they're going to do. And you know what you're going to do, right? If they make a purchase and you don't think it's a reasonable purchase, whether it be a car or something else, you're going to look and you're going to say, hmm, I see how it is. So you were giving me a problem about the car that I bought, and you decided to go out and buy this, that, or the other thing. You see, when you're a harsh critic with others, you better believe that their response is going to be harsh criticism of you. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you know what? When you go around pointing the finger, guess what? People are going to look and criticize you. When you keep your criticisms to yourself and you're gracious towards others, it's more likely that they're going to respond in the same way. Basically, what happens is when we judge and criticize we're, we're actually looking at them, and maybe we don't fully understand, maybe we don't fully agree, but what we're doing is we're offering an unsolicited opinion, right? But then Jesus goes on to tell us what happens really when we judge and criticize and the damage that we do. And what it is, is Jesus goes on to say, we ignore what we need to work on. We ignore what we need to work on. Jesus says this way. He says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You see, when we go around in life, ...judging and criticizing others, we get blinded to what we need to work on. We start to become prideful and puffed up. We think we have arrived and we start to look down on other people. So now, not only do we have spiritual things that we need to work with in the first place... ...but now we're actually adding to that because we're being judgmental and critical of other people. So we have sins that we need to work on. Now we're adding sins to that because we're actually disobeying what Jesus says... And basically what happens here is this, we have no room to work on the things that we actually need to work on in our own life because we spend so much time looking at what other people are doing. We're blinded by the log of pride and looking down on others. And here's what happens. When we're so focused on what other people are doing and what we don't agree with, here's what happens. We actually have no mental space or time to dedicate time to the areas where we actually fall short. So we ignore the spiritual work in our own life that needs to be done. And there's a danger to that. And the danger is this. You'll never grow and mature into the person that God desires you to be. You'll never grow and mature into the person that God desires to be. Not to mention the fact that people won't like you either, okay? People won't want to be around you. Which brings us to the next way we damage ourselves when we're critical with others, and that is this. We look foolish, okay? We look foolish. Proverbs 29, says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds back. You know what? When we criticize people that we have no right criticizing, we look foolish, Especially when we criticize someone when we don't know the entire story. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're dealing with. It reminds me of a story I heard a long time ago about a man who was on on a bus. And he was sitting on the bus and he was just looking out the window and he was just dazed, Blank look on his face. He had three kids. The kids were going wild on the bus. They were jumping over the seats they were running up and down the aisles and all the passengers were getting annoyed at these kids so finally one lady just mustered up enough courage to go to the man to tap him on his shoulder and say are those your kids are those your kids and he was like yeah they are and she's like well tell them to sit down they're bothering everybody on the entire bus and he just you know kind of went like this he's like "I'm, i'm so sorry we're actually on our way home from my wife's funeral so that person obviously looked really foolish. Obviously looked really foolish because she didn't know where this man was in life. She didn't know the entire story. And you know, some might say, well, well, she, she couldn't have known, so she should have said something. Listen, just keep your opinion to yourself sometimes. okay, A wise person holds back and learns both sides of the story. Tries to understand what the other person is going through and why they made the decision or decisions that they made. Rather than jumping to criticize and look foolish, sometimes what happens is this. We're actually fooled by other people, so we criticize based upon their information. Have you ever done that? You get fooled by someone else because they tell you a story. There's actually a proverb about that, and it says this. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Have You ever had that happen? You make a criticism or judgment based upon something that someone told you that they either made up or perceived as true. Okay, And all of a sudden, this side of the story looked great. And then you jump to the conclusion of criticizing, of judging. And then you hear the other person's side of the story. Maybe it might even be the person that you were criticizing and judging. Oh, here's what was going on. Here's what happened. Here's how it actually went down. See, the best way to avoid looking foolish is don't criticize, okay? Keep your opinions to yourself. The next damage we do when we criticize is this. We elevate ourselves to the position of God. James 4, 11 through 12, says this. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers, The one who speaks evil or speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Now, this is pride. This is pride. And as we know, pride was the first sin committed. Do you realize that? The first sin committed by Lucifer was pride. I can be like God. Not only will you fall because pride goes before the fall, the people that you are critical of may not be there to help you. They actually may be there to gloat. Okay? Because here's what happens when you go through life criticizing and judging, criticizing and judging, criticizing and judging, judging. You'll eventually fall. You'll eventually fall. And many times people will be kind of happy about it because they're sick and tired of the way that you've acted towards them. I'm not saying that's the mature way to respond, but I'm saying this is what winds up happening. So James tells the believers, hey, you know what? Only God can save. Only God can deliver us from our, spiritual, our sinful ways. Only God can give us sound wisdom in his law. If you go around basically saying, this is what you should do, this is what you should do, this is what you should do, and it doesn't have any biblical merit, it's not based upon anything, it's just based upon your opinion, basically what you're saying is, like I know better than God. God forgot a couple of things, but I'm here to fill in the blanks for all you people who don't know what you're doing. Okay, That's basically what you're saying. And you might have people like this in your life, right? You might have been raised by someone like this in your life. And here's the thing you don't wanna repeat the same thing for your children. You don't wanna repeat the same thing for your children. So don't try to elevate yourself to the place of God, but point people to God. That's our job. Remember, we've talked about this for, I don't know, a couple decades, okay? Our job is to point people to God. He's the one that can help them. He's the one that can save them. He's the one that could deliver them from their sinful ways. But finally, the damage we do when we criticize is this we repel the people that we can help. You know, you and I are put in people's lives to help them to point them to God, to help them, to help them in their spiritual walk. And whatever your responsibility is, you know what I mean? Maybe you're a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, um, co-worker, whatever it is, church leader, you have people that you're called to help, that you're called to point people in the right direction. Now, some of you you know the, the artist Bob Dylan, okay? Bob Dylan, in his famous protest song that he wrote in the early 1960s, the times they are changing. Remember that song? Well, here's a little stanza from that song. He says, Come, mothers and fathers throughout the land, and don't criticize what you can't understand. Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand for the times. They are changing. So Dylan wasn't saying, parents, get out of the way, you're old. Okay, That's not what he was saying. He wasn't saying, parents, get out of the way, you're old. He was saying, try to understand what the next generation is dealing with and help them navigate living in these changing times. Help them navigate living in these changing times. Don't stand by and criticize, but help. Don't stand by and criticize, but help. Now, people in my age group and older, we can be very critical of the generations behind us, Okay, You hear it in things and little jokes like, oh, we didn't need cell phones for our parents to call us or text us and tell us to come home. We just came home when? When the street lights came on. (laughs) Well, what about the generation that didn't have street lights, (laughs) right? So here's the thing, and you all said that, right? (laughs) Here's the thing. The young people today, whether they like it or not, live in a world that has media and technology that can be used for good and it can be used for evil. They need guidance and help from older and wiser and spiritually more mature people to emotionally and spiritually deal with what's thrown at them every single day of their lives. Think about this. When you were younger, some of you who are my age and up, when you were younger, if somebody was bullying you at, bullying you at school, you went home, right? And you have to deal with them till the next morning. Okay? These kids, they go home, and they pick up their phone, and they're still getting bullied. And that's just one aspect, right? There's so many more layers. So if we just stand by and criticize all the new innovations and the fact that the next generation uses them, here's what happens. We start to repel the very generation that we're supposed to help and raise up. That's what happens. They won't listen to us if we repel them. We lose our power to influence and help because we repel them with our constant Criticisms. I hope you realize this. The older people that younger people want to be around are the ones that show interest in them and treat them like people and are not critical of them. Think about this. When you were a kid, which adult family members did you like? You liked the ones that showed interest in you. Some of them walked into family gatherings, right? And you were just like, you were invisible to them. But others, like, hey, how's school? Hey, do you have a job? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? They'd ask you questions. They treated you like a real person. And I remember that when I was a kid. Uncles and aunts that, like, actually treated me as a real person. Didn't just make me pretty much invisible. Well, here's the thing. They showed interest in what you were doing. They were supportive of you. You know, It's hard to be that person if you're critical and judgmental. To look and say, ah, I don't get this. I don't understand this. You kids don't know what's going on. We had it better than you had it. It, The thing is, here's the thing. You're living in the past. You can't live like that and be critical and judgmental like that. So here's what the scriptures teach the older generations to do. The scriptures teach the older generations should build in to the younger. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. You know, sometimes we think, oh, those younger people, they don't want anything to do with us. They won't listen to us. Well, have you tried? Have you tried to interact? Have you spent time communicating the greatness of God? One commonality that all humans have is this, our need for God. Okay? So whether you're 5 or 85, you need the Lord in your life. And guess what? You and I have had much more experiences with the fact that we need the Lord than a 5-year-old, a 10-year-old, or a 15-year-old. Have you tried Have you tried to pass on God's command? One of the things we love about Vacation Bible School, and we're so thankful for all you volunteers, is you're using the gifts that God's given you and your life experiences to come and pour into the next generation. So many adults that I talk to are like, oh, I remember when I used to go to Bible Club. I used to go to youth group, or I used to go to this. You know, it's, it's so amazing to see the legacy of faith. And guess what happens? When we become these critical judgmental people, not only are they not going to listen, but here's what happens. We don't even want to do these things. We don't even want to do these things. And let me just tell you, churches around the country and around the world are dying. They're dying slow, miserable deaths because of this. People are dying and they have nobody coming after them. They have nobody coming after them. Because they're critical and judgmental. They huddle up and say, things were better. Do you know there's a proverb about that? The person is a fool that says things used to be better. Do you know that? So here's the thing. You have this amazing opportunity. We have this amazing opportunity. Which brings us to what the better way is. Rather than criticizing, here's what we need to do. A better way is to help. It's to help. Okay, when you start actually helping you say less criticisms and judgment and you start to think critically on how you can help if you're not willing to do that here's what you need to do i'll just tell you straight up from the pulpit here here's what you need to do if you're not willing to help keep your mouth shut okay keep your mouth shut don't criticize don't judge because you're actually going against what all the good godly people are trying to do, which is help the next generation. Don't sit there and point your fingers and criticize and judge unless you're willing to actually stand up and help. Think about this. This is a very popular passage, the golden rule, right? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them also, for this is the law and the prophets. Do you know there were people in your life that did this for you, that brought you along, that helped you. There's many ways that we can help and take action with other people. But I'm going to give you one simple verse, okay? One simple verse that you could filter everything that you do through, okay? One simple verse that you could filter everything through. And it's this let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. But only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So when we break this down, we break this down, this verse pretty much leaves us with three things. With three things. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building others up. So what you say, does it build people up? Okay. Criticisms and judgments don't build people up. Remember that person that criticized you for that car, right? You didn't like that. Okay. But you know what? You did have that one friend was like, dude, I'm so glad you got that car. That's awesome. I know you've been saving for that. I know yeah, the leather seats. That's great. Awesome. I wish I had it. That's the person that you remember, right? Because they built you up. They built you up. So you have, to, you have to look at this and say, you know what? Does it build this person up? Is what I'm saying, will this build this person up? By helping them in such a way and trying to help them and not tear them down by pointing out their flaws. So is what I say building other people up? The second thing is this. Does it fit the occasion? Does it fit the occasion? Are you offering this help at the right time and the right context? I'll tell you this. As a dad, you know, raising teenagers, I'm almost done raising teenagers, I can definitely admit that there were times that I brought things up that weren't the best time, okay? And it didn't go really well. Anybody else do that, okay? It didn't fit the occasion, and my wife's behind them going like this, and I'm like, duh, you know? But I had to say it because I'm logical and reasonable and I know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) So many times, we're critical to other people, and it doesn't fit the occasion. It doesn't fit the occasion. In fact, sometimes it doesn't fit the occasion so much that we bring it up in front of other people, and it embarrasses them, which brings us to the last question is this. Are others around seeing God's grace? Are others around seeing God's grace? If others happen to see or hear about how you handled helping another person, do they see the grace of God? Now, this isn't just parents and grandparents to kids, right? This is everybody. This is coworkers, friends, family members, wherever. Are, are other people seeing God's grace? I mean, think about this. You gather around. Maybe in the summer you're, you have barbecues and this and that, and you have like conversations with other people and you know what if you go down the road of criticism and judgment whether it be of the people around you or about what the world is coming to and what our country is going to and all these different things are people seeing god's grace are they just seeing a critical unhappy last week bad attitude person is that what they're seeing Or are they seeing someone who's trying to edify God, who's trying to bring praise to God, who's trying to actually help the issues and problems? Are they seeing God's grace by what they're hearing? So rather than being critical of others, the better way is to help. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. I'm thankful for each person that's here. Lord, and I pray... That we become an army of believers that help. That we keep our criticisms and judgment to ourselves. That we help the people around us, especially when they're going the wrong way. And they wouldn't take it as criticism and judgment, but they would see it as Christian accountability and us helping them and helping one another live a life that's more pleasing to you. But by way of our opinion... And the way we think things should be, and the way things were when we were younger. Keep all those criticisms and judgments to ourselves, and look for ways that we can help not only the next generation, but the very people right around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we close the.